to the Astrology of Terrible Things podcast with me, Carly Heath, and my co-host, Jesse Devine. Her ascendant ruler entered her eighth house. So uh, Jesse got sick recently. Um, so I oh, did. Oh, do- my God. So sick, you guys. <laughs> uh, I did do a, a little a podcast recording with a guest host. Um, so we, we, you don't know about it yet. Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> so I feel like uh, I cheated on you. Betrayal. Betrayal. <laughs> What is the astrology of this betrayal? <laughs> I know. The astrology of this betrayal is Mars in your eighth house. Eighth house deals <laughs> with shared resources and like having having me go and uh rude and steal your thunder by by using someone else. So they are not nearly as cool as me. I don't even I don't even know who it is, and I already know that. <laughs> um, so this is a podcast where we bring you terrible stories of things that have happened to real people. And then we delve into the astrology of that terrible thing to try and figure out why bad things happen. Important note, this podcast comes with all the trigger warnings. We talk about amusement park disasters, serial killers, catastrophic accidents, and all sorts of events that usually result in people dying. If any of that sounds like something that you don't want to hear about, then please do not listen to this show. Uh, Now, uh, we are in Scorpio season, Jesse. You are a fan of Scorpios. What do you I like? I'm a fan Scorpios? of Scorpios. Oh, you know what? I everybody always. I feel like Scorpios get a bad rap. Everyone's always like, "Oh, they're so intense. They're so weird. They're so." But I'm like, that's what I love about them. I like, generally speaking, like I will meet somebody and I'll be like, "Oh man, we're really clicking. We're we're getting along." And then I'll be like, "Hmm, when's your birthday?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And they're uh, Scorpio. Yeah, yeah they're you're, Scorpio. Um, Scorpio. Your fiance is a Scorpio rising, right? My husband. Is oh, sir. Oh my God. Hello. It's been like months <laughs> since you guys have been married. I'm sorry. And oh. he's actually just a Scorpio. Scorpio. Just a okay. Yeah. Son. That's right. uh, his birthday's on the 11th. Um, but he's got a lot. I, if I remember correctly, he's got a lot of Scorpio in his chart, just yeah, like everywhere. I that. Yeah. Uh. W- a Scorpio season is not representing very well so far. Uh, I mean, first day of Scorpio season for me, I was riding my bike to work and some someone got like really aggressive with me about riding my bike on the sidewalk. And I'm like, I'm not going to ride on in the street right now because mm-hmm. the cars are intentionally trying to kill me. <laughs> so, and I, I swerved like way around this fellow. Uh, and just got really mad. I just, there's been a lot of tempers flaring and then there's also like genocide happening in the world, like, uh, yeah. Scorpio season happening. It's just been, a, it's been extremely aggressive. Have you noticed like just personally any aggressive vibes or, or is it because you're, Oh no, hundred percent. I, uh, Oh my God. I have this, like, so you know that I'm very into volleyball. This is, this is my like microcosm world is this like yeah. volleyball group here. Um, and I, over the last year have sort of become an admin in this group, um, just because I'm always there. I basically live there and, uh, man, the other, the guy that used to run the group, he like lost his shit the other day. He like was, these girls had reserved the other court at this park and, uh, he like went over there and started yelling at them that they had reserved it in retaliation or something in to our group. And like, this has been like a multi-week thing and he like came back the next week and like threw this huge fit and started talking to them and like cursing at them and like went and like stood on their court and like wouldn't move and (laughs) to the point where like uh, like members of our group were embarrassed and like we're trying to like collect him but he's like the og like leader of the group so none of us could really do anything and we were all just like oh my god make it stop like i yeah i mean the thing about scorpios is they can embarrass themselves by like just I will die on this hill he would that's exactly what it was he was just like extremely and and we were we were all just like um I don't think this is worth it like I don't think uh and yeah. he was not having it yeah uh and it's interesting in my other in my group chat with some friends hearing sirens perfect perfect for this me? podcast when I have headphones on it's like I can't tell if it's you 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 sirens or me sirens but that it's that those sirens are a uh, definite um, synchronicity as I'm talking about like terrible things happening. Yeah, Scorpio season because uh, my friend in our group chat was like, "When are things gonna get better? Things are so suddenly like really, really bad right now." And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay, let me look at the chart." 
oh <laughs> never oh <laughs> things kind of look like they're gonna be bad for a little while like not just when Scorpio season ends but like even when Venus finally goes into Libra which will be like November 10th uh then Mercury is going to be in Sagittarius and immediately hit a square to Saturn uh, so oh. every, everyone's going to get a big old no. And then when Mercury is in Sagittarius, that's like Mercury doesn't function well and it feels very Mercury retrograde time. No. So it's like there will be diplomacy, but it won't be communicated well. And mm -hmm. I think I think there's just going to be a lot of confusion, a lot of um just a lot of bad vibes throughout the end of the year and I think people should just Yay. especially just, just chill stay home calm down just calm <laughs> down everyone that's so funny yeah but um I generally speaking back to the back of subject here I I just love I, I love Scorpios I love like true Scorpio energy like I love like cold vengeance I love like like my husband is very much like this he's like oh he's like very calm he's very like okay that's fine and then like a plot uh, like just just deep like string pulling power like and, and he's so smart where like I I don't know it he's very he, my well, husband's a very guess... good person to have on your good side and not a good person to have on your bad side this one's like okay I'm guessing like it's not a plot against you no no me never no no. <laughs> well, no you have jupiter in your seventh house so yeah you're I always gonna know. get good vibes from other people no i just mean like uh yeah somebody like wrongs him like which doesn't happen very often he's very charismatic he i forget his he's got like i think he's like a leo rising or something um and uh but uh no if anybody ever like really wrongs him he's definitely not the type to react in the moment it's very much like uh oh this will come back to haunt you later I promise he's like a long game oh, I'll, I'll like, play the long game yes long, long game con. like behind the scenes yes behind the scenes true power type of individual <laughs> I, I mean as a Libra which is like the opposite of Scorpio I can definitely hold a grudge until the end of time <laughs> But but I don't bother plotting. Although I have taken some magical oil and dribbled it over <laughs> a person's stuff <laughs> to get them to, to leave. Leave. Um, but, <laughs> so yeah, I just pulled up Bruno's chart. He's a Leo rising. He's got that uh, Mars in the second house in Virgo and and a Scorpio sun. Yeah, with a with uh, Jupiter. Oh, no, no, no. Just kidding. Not Jupiter, Mercury and the sun and Uranus all in Scorpio uh, in the fourth house. Fascinating. Uh, since the sun rules his ascendant uh, and the sun is in Scorpio. Uh, yeah, he definitely comes with a lot of Scorpio energy, but also with that Virgo, uh, Virgo energy, because there's that mutual reception there between uh, the Mars in Virgo and the uh, Mercury in Scorpio. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I know I just, his chart fascinates me. I am really looking forward to those uh, starting pretty much next week when Venus will go into Libra because that will be a little bit of niceness because right now it's all Mars energy right now. It's all war. It's all like fighting. And, and you know how much I love Mars. Mars in my chart is just She's in such a good yeah spot. you have that cancer mars which yeah. is the emotional mars the like mars nobody that likes that make your feelings uh, i'll give you all up in your feelings and the mars of anxiety and depression. yeah yeah i'm Thanks sorry nothing but you'll learn from it you'll be a better person you'll <laughs> heal your maybe <laughs> through evolution or something uh but uh but when we enter the the Libra season with, with the, the Venus and Libra. That's what I meant to say. Uh, we'll learn, I think, some things about what we covered in our Venus retrograde. Because now, you know, Venus was kind of behind the scenes, not doing good in exile while mm -hmm. she was in Virgo after the retrograde. Now she's coming back into her power with all this new knowledge that she gained from the re retrograde. And I'm wondering if aliens are going to come back into the picture uh, because 
aliens were a theme during the Venus retrograde. Mm -hmm. And you had uh, in Las Vegas, there was like a big alien story. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And but interestingly, I looked up the chart both for the UAP hearings and the uh, and the aliens in Las Vegas thing. And what else? I also looked up some hearings in 2012, 20, not 2012, that were some like alien hearings. And I'm noticing there is like a huge Neptune vibe in all of these charts. And Neptune is like the planet of erasing boundaries mm-hmm. and also the planet of deception. And that is a really big theme that I noticed like with all of these alien stories. And there's even been like a lot of Bigfoot stuff and there's been a lot of um, cool, weird stuff happening over the summer, but it's like, you don't know if it's true or not. Right. Yeah. And- I like was fascinated by the... <sighs> So all the alien stories came out, right? And the whole, everybody was making the, the memes and the jokes about like, okay, the federal government told us the aliens are real and everybody's like, and what about my rent? Like, and what about yeah. inflation? <laughs> like, yeah. And which is like, which is funny, like, you know, haha, but also like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, can we get more information? Like, what is there, how could it ever be like any kind of, like, I, I want to, I don't know. That's I want to know what's the thing. Yeah. Like, what the heck? I mean, I, for one, I am like a longtime believer. I absolutely, aliens are real. Like you can't convince me otherwise. uh, There's just too much out there. Also for Bigfoot, there's just too much out there that kind of, that confirms it. And there's two, there's the whole military industrial complex that has an incentive to keep it secret. Mm -hmm. So but then there's this Neptune thing that happened that's in the chart of all of the hearings of the Las Vegas thing of the where it's like you don't know whether it's real like there's there's all of these doubts and mm-hmm. lies Neptune is yeah. lies Neptune is like it's unclear and it just makes it what it makes you wonder No yeah definitely I uh I just I want to know the truth I I, I also believe in aliens, definitely. I think that there's just too much in the universe for there to not be aliens. I think that that's absurd um, yeah. to think that we would be the only ones. But I I don't know. I, I feel um, sort of, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if at a loss is the right word or I, I just want to know, like, I just want to know, you know, I want the oh press conference with the alien leader. Yes. I want <laughs> questions being answered. I, I just want the information. I just want the real information. Like, I don't want, <laughs> like, I'm just tired of the bullshit. And what's really irritating too, is with AI and all this AI generated image stuff mm. you see, I'm, I, I'm still on stupid Twitter. I need to get on it. <laughs> But Twitter knows that now, if there's, Carly. yeah, if there's hashtag UAP or hashtag Bigfoot, I will click on it. Yeah. But the problem is the, the AI visuals now, it's like all of it's fake and oh, it's yeah. all, all just like stuff created to generate clicks. And I'm like, this is extremely frustrating. Mm-hmm. Neptune. Uh, and what, what it got me thinking what is going to happen when Neptune enters Aries in late 2025 for you and I Jesse that is going to be a big time because uh, that means Neptune is going to be directly opposite our zero degree ascendance Ooh. so what does that mean that is either going to mean that so Neptune is associated with music drugs <laughs> um ghosty you know liminal stuff uh um fame Ooh. are we gonna be famous <laughs> uh at confusion lies uh also notice people who have uh, neptune on their ascendant like they don't know what they want they're always mm-hmm. like just going along with what other people say and they're like like oh my friend is into this thing so i'll be into it too um so i do not 
I'm not a substance user, but uh, and I'm not really a musician type person, but you are a musician type person. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So it'll be interesting when you have Neptune on your ascendant. That will be interesting. I 2025. Man, I always think sometimes we look at these charts and I'm always just like, that is so far away. Yeah. But then like it just happens and it's like happening right now. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we bullshitted for a little bit. Uh, let Tell me about your chart that you found. Okay, so I do have another chart for you. I am very excited uh, to hear what you have to say about this one. Um, and as usual, I have removed all of the identifying information from it. Um, hidden birth data. Yes, that's the correct one. Okay, so I'm going to send that to you uh, right now. Cool. Okay. So this is another Gemini ascendant. You like these Gemini ascendants. That's interesting. And we have, so where's Mercury? We have Mercury in the eighth house, the house of death. Um, (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And we have Pluto right on the ascendant. Pluto is the planet of death. Uh, This is a day chart. So we know Mars is the most malefic thing and it is a so mars is in the ninth house which is aquarius um so something to do terrible to do with long distance travel foreigners law uh higher education the mercury makes me think of higher education the mercury ascendant um makes me think of higher education Uh, But interestingly, the Jupiter is well dignified. So there was in the 10th house. So there was a lot of publicity possibly for this thing. And the idea of law, possibly justice was served. But the, the moon was departing from Jupiter. So that points to there was something, uh, related to justice in the past, related to justice, higher education, foreigners. There's that Pisces water element too. So you also like Pisces. There's been a lot of Pisces water. There's there's Venus in Scorpio. So there's like, like your previous chart, there's a lot of water mm-hmm. happening here. Um, and Uranus on the descendant. So I almost want to say something related to technology. I feel like there's, and there's, there's that Saturn there in the ninth house, something related to law, higher education or foreigners, bad happening in like, almost like an institution. I I want to say there's money involved, like other people's money involved too like an institution, other people's money involved. And it's almost like the attack might not have been like on people, but on an I on something untangible. I'm not um, telling you anything. <laughs> <laughs> and the moon in Taurus uh, makes me think there's something to do with money. We've been doing, we've been rocking the nodes in Aries Libra for a while. Uh, So since the last one too, you got a Aries Libra, you know, first degree node thing. So that's interesting. Um, Okay. Just like hilarious about this for like everyone who's listening. I don't um, like, I choose the event first and then I like look up the chart. I am not doing that on purpose. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting though that you're choosing similar themes and that that are kind of themes that are relevant to. Okay, so I want to say uh, it, it's something that happens at an institution, uh, potentially con- connected to law or higher education, or even like banking, uh, and has to do with money, other people's money and technology i want to say there might be water in there somewhere too okay what was it it is the iroquois theater fire the iroquois theater fire yeah Um, so an institution Mm -hmm. was a theater Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Tell us what, what happened to the, in, during the story. Okay. So it was the, uh, December 30th, 1903 at, um, 3:15 PM in Chicago. Uh, the technology thing I assume is, um, the origin of the fire was a broken arc light. Um, oh my gosh. Which is like big technology back then. Like yeah. electricity. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Electricity was not, was a huge deal in 1903. That, 1903. That a, yeah. That a theater, was this like a small town, like a village or a. No, like, no, no. Chicago is right in oh, Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Yeah. But still, you know, that's like new technology. Yeah. Um. So it was a broken arc light lit some uh, muslin curtains on fire, which, which I think. So apparently the theater was billed as being absolutely fireproof, which I don't know why oh. we do this to ourselves. <laughs> That's like Titanic. This is it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, apparently the theater opened a month before the fire billed as absolutely fireproof and was obviously not fireproof. Um, it The fire caused uh, 602 deaths and 250 non-fatal injuries. It is the worst theater fire in the United States. Wow. Um, and oh apparently for nearly a century the Iroquois theater fire was the deadliest single building disaster in American history only surpassed by the destruction of the World Trade Center on September 11th hey guys this is a message from future Carly I am in bed editing this episode and got to this part where I'm talking about the ninth house and the Iroquois uh, theater fire and I'm like there's so much ninth house and Jupiter stuff happening here. And I talked extensively about it in my prediction of what this chart was about. Uh, so, you know, Jupiter and Pisces, foreigners, uh, you know, water, boating, long distance travel to foreign lands. Uh, and then there's that ninth house en energy, which is higher education, uh, you know, also foreigners and also, you know, religion. And since there's so much ninth house energy and then this Jupiter in Pisces energy, I'm like, there has to be more to it than just this being a theater. We have to see the symbolism show up somewhere. So I did further research and the musical that they were watching when the Iroquois theater fire happened was called Mr. Bluebeard, which Jesse talked about. And this is actually set in Baghdad. And I'm getting a general gist by reading the synopsis here. But there is, uh, you know, there's someone named Mustafa. And there's like a potential love rival, which is a Irish person. And there is a nun named Sister and so we got that religion but interestingly <laughs> i also saw one of the songs in this musical in act one scene two is called you'll have to read the answer in the stars and here are the lyrics they say astrology is true the little stars know all you do they even know more than your wife for they can tell your future life. Why does your girl get in a rage if she should ask her what's her age? The little stars are on to her. So ask some good astrologer. It goes on. You'll have to read the whole lyrics, but it is hilarious. And so there is that ninth house energy. And then what's the Jupiter in Pisces energy? Uh, anytime there's Jupiter in Pisces, there's always boating, there's always water, there's always oceans. And uh, act one, scene two takes place on a yacht. Was there like an insurance fraud thing happening here? Like was this fire cause like so that someone could get some insurance money? I wonder, you know, you were talking about that. Oh, and the thing that I was that thought was interesting about the law um, that you said you were talking about the law a lot. Um, apparently, the result of this fire was the widespread implementation of the panic bar um, and doors that open outward and a whole bunch of other uh, like fire safety laws oh. were put into place specifically because of this actual fire um oh interesting and i wonder if uh water had to do with i mean chicago is on the water like yeah maybe um how close was it to the what's that body of water by chicago this is me being <laughs> bad at geography oh my god that's funny but i know there's like a big old like it's right on a big old lake right <laughs> oh 
Oh my god, I'm so like bad at picturing. Ooh, it's on Lake Michigan. It's right on. Now. It's on Lake Michigan. That's funny. <laughs> Lake Michigan. See. Yeah. Let's see. I'm gonna blame me being tired for not knowing that right away. The Iroquois. Let's see. Let's see the Iroquois Theater. I'm sure water. Like they were putting out the fire. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so- they they tried to. Um. They let's see. The fire broke out about three fifteen. Uh. When the Iroquois presented a matinee performance of the musical Mr. Bluebeard. <laughs> oh. Uh. A broken arc lamp ignited muslin curtains, which stage managers were unable to douse. In a, an attempt to lower the stage curtain to contain the fire was unsuccessful. Um, audience members finally rushed for the exits, only to find the fire exits were locked or hidden. The largest death toll was Ooh, the exits locked. That was the Saturn and Aquarius, uh, yeah. you know, being unable to escape the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, largest death toll was at the base of the stairways where hundreds were trampled, crushed, or asphyxiated. Some people jumped to their deaths from fire escapes. The Iroquois had no fire alarm box or telephone. Uh, two features, a safety curtain or fire dampeners were not present or not working the day of the fire. Other contributing factors included a lack of exit signs, lack of emergency lighting, fire preparedness, doors that opened inward or were latched shut, confusing exit routes, icy fire escapes. And this was something I thought was super interesting. The presence of ornamental doors. Can you imagine like being in a fire and like running for your life and you're trying to like open doors that are not real? (laughs) (laughs) That's such a Saturn thing with Mercury and a Saturn ruled sign, the sun in Capricorn. I should have noticed that sun in Capricorn thing, like, like boundaries, Uh you know, sun in Capricorn, Mercury in Capricorn, um, you know, Saturn, uh, with Mars and Aquarius, like the, the doors are not going to be open. You're going to get walls. Yeah. Suffocation is a huge Saturn thing. So, yeah. Well, uh, and apparently like this was the place to be. It was, uh, in terms of, I don't know if like, I don't know if there's an insurance thing. Uh, it seems very fancy. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. The theater was lauded by drama critics. The Iroquois was the most beautiful in Chicago. Uh, competent judges state that few theaters in America can rival its architectural perfections. Apparently, it had like three audience levels and it was very fancy. Mm. How do you spell Iroquois? I R O Q U O I S. Theater fire insurance i'm just gonna <laughs> just i'm like... just gonna see if anyone has any theories about the insurance fraud thing nothing is popping up however life the... okay i i found oh, an article oh, that oh. says the iroquois theater fire stage set for disaster the audience um and then something somewhere in here i saw the dramatic changes in the way insurers assess risk is worth acknowledging as Americans reflect on the 110th anniversary of the, uh, it, it, it offers a grim reminder to insurers and government regulators that what can happen when complacency set its in. Insur- insurers, policyholders, and public policymakers must continue to implement sound risk management practices to ensure tragedies are never repeated. We will have to tell our listeners to uh, see if there's any insurance-related things. To the Iroquois fire? How about about this? After the fire, it was alleged that fire inspectors had been bribed with free tickets to overlook code violations. There you go. That's very Ave House. Uh, Look over your obligations in exchange for free tickets. That's that Ave House thing right there. Love it. Okay. Uh, I am going to tell you a story about, have you heard of this one before? Baby Jessica falling in the well. No, I I have not heard of this. (laughs) Okay. This is, I I wanted to pick something that had kind of a happy ending a little bit uh, in that baby Jessica did not end up dying. And what ended up happening is she just ended up having her, uh, her toe amputated because she lost circulation in her foot. Uh, but this is a real, it was a huge story in 1987. It was, there were 
seven news stations back in 1987, only seven channels on your TV set. And it was just the beginning of the 24-hour news cycle. And there'd only been one previous time when a news story was covered 24-7. And that was when the Space Shuttle Challenger erupted. Okay. And this was the second time, uh, this baby Jessica story was the second time that news channels were 24 seven covering the story of this baby that fell in a well and the attempt to get her out of the well. Uh, I got the idea for doing the story from my favorite murder and I referenced them a lot uh, as I was going through and, uh, and finding all of the details. So thank you to that wonderful podcast. Uh, on October 14th at uh, October 14th, 1987, at about 9.30 a.m., Jessica McClure, who is about 18 months old, fell into a well in Midland, Texas. This uh, absolutely captured the nation's attention. It led to a movie being made about the whole incident. Uh, people after she was rescued, kept donating money to her trust fund throughout her life. And by the time she came of age, when she was in her 20s, she had $800,000 in her trust fund. Oh my God. Can can you just, not to like oh, make an aside or anything, but can you imagine anything capturing the public attention for more than like, I don't know, a couple hours at this People- point? People were glued to their sets. How? Like, Uh, I can't even imagine. As they were digging down into the well to get this baby out. Uh, The even uh, Nancy Reagan was in the hospital for a biopsy. And uh, President Ronald Reagan afterwards said that Nancy would not leave the hospital until she found out the baby was rescued from the well. (laughs) Um, The... Just absolutely insane uh, num- bit of coverage. I, I, uh, so what happened was uh, Jessica's mother was 18-year-old Sissy McClure. Uh, at, she was at her sister Jamie's daycare in Midland, Texas. And uh, there were five kids playing in the backyard. Uh, Sissy heard the phone ring. She went inside to answer the phone. And then while she was talking on the phone, she heard the kids scream. She went outside and she saw all the kids gathered around an eight inch wide pipe. So think about that. Narrower than a ruler. Oh my God. Eight inches wide. And they said that the, that the baby fell down into this pipe. How? Like eight inch? How? So she must have climbed up. She had one foot when, when she got stuck down there, she had one foot above her head and one foot down. So she must have like climbed up and then like just went down face feet first. Thank God, not head first. Cause if she went down head first, she would be dead. Yeah. Um, but uh, call 911. Uh, the pipe went down into an abandoned well and Sissy is frantic that the shaft is too dark to see in paramedics arrive on the scene. They can hear faint crying. They start pumping oxygen down into this pipe and they lower a microphone and a flashlight to hear her. And judging (laughs) by the uh, length of the microphone cord, she had fallen 22 feet down the well. 22 feet is a lot. That is a lot. Um, she's stuck with her right leg up and pinned. And what they have to do is they have to dig a second shaft next to the well and then tunnel across to get her from underneath. Um, The problem is they hit bedrock and it's impossible to drill through. Uh, And now because this is Texas, there's a lot of oil drilling. So they they are able to acquire this special um, rig that is used to, to really go through the bedrock. Um, all the na- neighbors begin to gather and fill up the backyards and neighboring backyards offering to help. Um, that's when Sergeant Andy Glasscock arrives on the scene, uh, one of the first responders, and he lays down on, on the pipe 
and talks gently to her and gets Jessica to respond to him. And they need to keep her talking so that they know she's alive. Right. You know, and this is this part um, like makes me cry. Oh my God. (laughs) I heard it. Um, He's, he's a dad and he's like very, very gentle with her. And so Mm -hmm. there's some times where she's just so traumatized that she's not responding. So he says, what does a kitten say? And she says, meow. Oh my God. What? And he does like these different animals. What does it, what does a duck say? She's like, quack, quack. She's an 18 month old child. And he like knows how to like get her to like respond. We're going to hear more about Sergeant Glasscock at the end of the story. Okay. But like that part, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so sweet. I cannot even stand it. Yeah. Um, she sings Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh to comfort herself. Oh my God, this is awful, Carly. 18 months old and she's she ends up being in this well for 58 hours. Oh, holy shit. In October. Oh my God, freezing. Through the night. Well, okay, so it's Texas, it's Texas, okay. Oh my God, I just, I I just can't imagine. So um, it, it's getting dark. Uh, they go in with a jackhammer. They can only make an inch an hour through this bedrock. And then um, on October 15th, they finally reach the wall of the well and are only able to make a little small hole uh, for entry. Um, all sorts of characters begin arriving on the scene. This fellow, Ron Short, was born without collarbones and could fold his shoulders into and get into cramped spaces uh there is a contortionist like a circus contortionist who shows up and is like what can i do how can i help um but ultimately they didn't use no collarbone guy they didn't use contortionist (laughs) they had a firefighter uh, arrive on the scene and he goes down the shaft he's uh six foot tall 158 no 145 pounds and 145 pounds that is very thin yeah so he's a thin guy but it's a very very narrow hole and he doesn't reveal to them that he's claustrophobic oh and so he goes down noon on the third day um and he has to be on his back as he wiggles through this hole and the hole that they've drilled yeah the hole that they drilled and he says it's and he has to go down head first down the vertical hole and then on his back down the the horizontal hole like Mm -hmm. the little oh my god and uh, he says like being in a tightly wrapped sleeping bag uh he tells the little girl that he's there to help and he tugs and tugs on her to try and get her through but she's not budging and so he has to go back up the hole without her tell them that they he wasn't able to get her they need to widen the hole and then he goes down a second time he brings vaseline but like imagine being claustrophobic and being like oh god i have to go- i'm so claustrophobic i'm sorry i'm sorry vaseline <laughs> but, but i it would take a lot for me to go into a tiny hole but why didn't why did he tell them like why didn't he just let someone who wasn't claustrophobic do it because he was really skinny and he's like i'm a firefighter i'm really skinny and i'm gonna do my job and (laughs) save this baby i'm sorry Um, i hear some laughing i i i I, I have such respect for brave people because i am Mm -hmm. not brave at all and i really feel sorry for anyone who is in any sort of danger while i'm around (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna go in the hole that is really funny i i have like i'm opposite of this i (laughs) i will just like jump into any dangerous situation which as you know also probably not good but (laughs) one day we should talk about the that day that i like jumped into the river to say my uh friend that was drowning oh my gosh we'll have to talk about that what yeah Yeah. that's amazing i would save someone from drowning i could do that I, yeah. I, I mean, I went into the river, uh, to down the river to save a cat. Uh, <laughs> that tracks for your character. <laughs> yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't go into a hole to save a baby. I would definitely be the would one. Would you go like, into a hole to save a cat? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, before people hate me more, 
the I, I, you know what? I think you're gonna find your crowd with this. I think that there are plenty of people that would save a cat over a baby. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm hearing her crying and she's singing Winnie the Pooh to comfort herself. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> that gets me. I'm like, oh, okay. So, uh, so he goes down a second time. Vaseline wiggles her out, brings her on a on a flat board up the long shaft breaking this is absolute breaking news every seven tv channels that are existing right now cut their normally scheduled program this has never been done before and go live to midland texas to see the baby being brought out of the well Mm-hmm. The photographer, the photographer who takes a picture of baby Jessica as she emerges from the well wins a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, people uh, pay her hospital bills. Um, the doctors uh, donate their time, um, but the rest of the hospital bills are paid for by baby Jessica's fans. Uh, the she needs six surgeries she has like a cut on her head um, that circulation problem with her foot Um, but otherwise she's uninjured she's fine she goes on to live a great productive life Um, imagine being that baby imagine being like you're just playing outside and then all of a sudden you're stuck in a hole for three days (laughs) she has no memory of it yeah. I'm sure like being an 18 month old, uh, you don't remember things that well. So, and maybe it tra- it's a traumatic thing. So like yeah. maybe your brain like I'm shuts sure, off. Yeah. Uh, so she remembers nothing about it other than, you know, she has one missing toe and a little scar on her forehead. Uh, interesting things happen to everyone around baby Jessica though. Uh, Andy Glasscock, the man who was singing the sergeant who is singing, uh, you know, not, not singing, the, the sergeant who was saying, what does a kitten say? Mm-hmm. He was featured in the Michael Jackson video, Man in the Mirror. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, because it shows like all of these different like big news stories. Mm-hmm. And he eventually goes full milkshake duck. He, in 2005, he was arrested and convicted for drugging and raping a 51-year-old woman. Oh, no. And he- Never blamed- meet your heroes. I know. I know. And the, the, the story of me going from, oh, my God, this man is so gentle with this child. This is the most beautiful thing to, oh. Oh, you're a predator. <sighs> the standard arc of many white men. Yeah, unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> unfortunate. But uh, he actually blamed the baby Jessica story for being a murder rapist. Oh, he says that. Well, how did he justify that? <laughs> yeah, men will totally always find a way to blame a woman, even if she's a baby. <laughs> uh, she, he says that he got addicted to the adrenaline rush of that rescue and he was constantly seeking that out and so that turned him into a rapist that seems like you just need some therapy my man uh yeah or like go to a theme park like ride a roller coaster don't rape people yeah the firefighter who rescued baby jessica and brought her out of the hole uh, became addicted to painkillers, um, lost his job, got a divorce, and ended up dying by suicide. Oh my God! I thought you said this had a good ending. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Jessica is fine. She she had she turned out to be a nice, normal, wonderful person and has eight hundred thousand dollars. <sighs> the men around her who did the saving ended up being terrible people or not, not, I, I don't actually, I shouldn't even say that about the, the firefighter. He just had, yeah, he, he didn't do anything problem. bad. He, he just had a bad time. Uh, there was a little bit of the sissy, the mom it sounded like she had moments where she was getting a little bit feeling very fancy about oh. her 
being the mom of baby Jessica, because I, I guess there was a story of some of, well, one, she used $30,000 of baby Jessica's money to buy a three bedroom house. Uh, $30,000 to buy a three bedroom house. Yeah. So that's a thing. The eighties. Wow. Oh my God. You could actually afford to live. I hate that. So people were feeling a little bit a certain way about that and uh she also that doesn't even make me mad i'm like whatever one of her neighbors was not respecting her and she she said to to this neighbor uh do you know who i am oh my god (laughs) and the neighbor was like um no, 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 no. Then she was like, I'm, I'm baby Jessica's mom. And the neighbor was like, if it weren't for a lot of other people, you wouldn't be anyone's mom. Oh, that is rough. Uh, not wrong. So it got, it got like that in Midland, Texas. I, that's not surprising. (laughs) So interestingly, I, I noticed that, um, baby Jessica has in her birth chart, the galactic center, uh, is, is the where the location of the the black hole that's in the center of our galaxy mm-hmm. uh, is like right on her like on her uh her kind of like on her descendant on her part of spirit she's got like uranus she's got uh, mars all around the galactic center on her descendant. So she's got like all of this planetary energy around the galactic center. And I I really started like looking at the galactic center as like a signification that deals with holes (laughs) (laughs) because I, I, I was at the barn and this old lady at the barn uh, was like, you know, just randomly telling me the story of her neighbor in the eighties fell into a hole in on on the sidewalk there used to be holes everywhere that people fell into but specifically in the 80s specifically around like 1987 1988 and I started I I made a twitter thread of every news story I could find of someone falling in a hole did you really yeah I did you amazing twitter okay Um, so everyone falling into a hole in the 1980s and most of it was like around the baby around the 1987 1988 that sort of range okay and that had to do with you know there was uh, let me see um where's the baby jessica hole (laughs) all on well chart there we go that had to do with uh uranus and saturn crossing over the galactic center getting really close to the galactic center really that whole area that's like the you know because the galactic center the the black hole in the center of our galaxy is big Mm -hmm. Um, so that that whole like end degree of Sagittarius I have a feeling has to do with holes and whenever we start to see planets cross over that which we will we'll be seeing next month like Mercury crossing over that um pay attention to hole stories people falling in holes and I was so obsessed with you know finding hole stories um, that I decided, like, why am I obsessed with this right now? And I looked up the chart at that moment, and the moon was crossing over the galactic center. So pay, pay attention whenever the moon is crossing over the galactic center. You might find yourself fascinated with holes. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so baby Jessica, the chart of her falling into the well has, just like your uh, chart that you showed me earlier, has Pluto right on the ascendant. See, we we pick charts that, that is are very interesting. Very similar. So Pluto right on the ascendant. Pluto is associated with the underworld. So this is literally baby Jessica embodying the story of falling Persephone, into the underworld. <laughs> falling into the underworld world and then bringing her back out, right? Mm-hmm. So she's the embodiment of the Persephone story. Uh, you know, we also have like really close to that Pluto and Mercury uh, on one side of Pluto is Venus and on the other side of, of Pluto is Mercury on mm-hmm. the ascendant there. And we have uh, Mars in the 12th house. So that like unexpected thing happening in this case, Mars rules the sixth house, which is the house of bad fortune. 
Um, because this is a day chart, uh, yeah, Mars is the, the worst planet. And Mars is, uh, um, yeah, like I said, in its fall uh, in Libra, mm -hmm. uh, where it doesn't function well. And also uh, Venus is in her fall in Scorpio in the same exact chart. So both Venus and Mars are not doing well. Okay. Uh, so this is a chart where you're like, okay, oh, gosh, a lot of bad stuff is happening here. Like a lot of Mars, malefic Mars not doing good. Um, also this Pluto, um, Hades is pulling this baby to the underworld. <laughs> um, so we got that going on. We also got the confusion of, you know, uh, there's How also- How the hell do you get her out? Like Yeah, yeah. And- uh, and what was I saying? But this is a chart where things are going to get better because she is eventually going to get rescued. Mm -hmm. And we can kind of see this where the moon is applying to a square with the sun. So, you know, you're going to get, a, you're going to get a little bit of help from a father figure like that sergeant. He's going to rise to the occasion um, we have a mutual reception between Mars and Venus because they're in each other's signs. So mm -hmm. even though they're not doing great, uh, they are at least communicating. Mm -hmm. So this idea of communicating with the underworld is happening here in this chart. Um, and, and really close to the ascendant too, if you just want to talk about like people wanting to give this baby money. <laughs> <laughs> Mercury is right on the ascendant ruling uh, the eighth house. So okay. Mercury, commerce, uh, and the eighth house, other people's money. And Jupiter is ruling the second house, which also deals with resources that you acquire yourself. So people are just wanting to give this baby everything. Um, on the chart of her being rescued, this is a Gemini rising chart. Interestingly, you chose a Gemini rising chart for your theater disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, and interestingly, though, it's a night chart hmm. with uh, Saturn on the descendant. So the, the other people are actually the, uh, the most bad, most difficult placement of this chart. And this okay. kind of speaks to what will eventually happen to the other people involved in the baby Jessica story as in mm -hmm. their lives are going to go downhill in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's, it, that is interesting uh, that you can see that in that chart. It's interesting like that an event will tell you everything about what is then going to happen to the lives of, of the people involved in the event. Everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. Cause baby Jessica is fine. She's the G Gemini rising. Uh, her, on, on this rescue chart, uh, Mercury is in the sixth house, which is the, bad, the house of bad fortune, which also deals with, you know, hospitals. So she's going to spend some time in the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, the moon is, is uh, let's see, moving into a little sextile with the sun. So she's going to be getting help um, from people in the neighborhood that's also just points to people uh, wanting to just give her things. And then there's this, um, you know, Venus, you know, Mars. It's weird. The Mars square Neptune is where this ends up, where there's, you know, it's a night chart though. So Mars isn't too malefic, mm -hmm. but it's almost like people are so emotionally involved with the story that they're like just give this child money just give her yeah. all our money <laughs> just give uh, her everything and jupiter in the 11th house you know points that she's gonna get a lot of fans from this mm -hmm. it's anyway fascinating story I, I pulled up her baby jessica's actual birth chart as well she's a gemini rising exactly as the chart of her um rescue is hmm. a gemini rising yeah fascinating um but she does have uh mercury in pisces which is the worst uh placement for mercury but it's co-present with jupiter which is which is the domicile home sign of of pisces so she's got a very very strong jupiter in the 10th house so she's kind of like destined for fame right mm, she's got an exalted sun yeah so that's also like destined for fame and uh 
in the 11th house. So, so she's like, karmically, she has a lot of fans. Yeah. People love her. Uh, what did she end up going on to do? Do we know? She's a mom. Um, Just like had, a normal life. <laughs> yeah. She got married and had two kids. And she's just, yeah, just, you know, living life. <laughs> living yeah. life, not but falling like, into a hole. <laughs> a good example of like becoming famous, not necessarily because you work on it or, or, or mm-hmm. work really hard for it, but just, you know, you fell into a hole. <laughs> 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 People love you. Oh my God. And give you money. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, so that's the baby Jessica story. I love it. That's so interesting. Oh my gosh uh it's it's this this thing about um the astrology of like people falling into holes is so fascinating to me i'm like what <laughs> i love it I, i'm gonna find that uh twitter thread that you made i'll say i'll i'll, I'll say a few of them uh in the so the 1980s between 1986 and 1988 i noticed there was a lot of people falling into holes uh the most famous is baby jessica in october 1987 also the same month as baby jessica 11 month old carlin colin barleycorn that is his name colin barleycorn was rescued from a well in franklin lakes new jersey uh in October 19th, 1987, same year as baby Jessica, 11 year old boy in Slater, Missouri died after falling into a well. Oh. April 13th, 1988, Alan Cruzen, his name is Alan Cruzen, <laughs> was rescued after falling into a well in Caddis, Kentucky. April 15th, 1988, Spottles. Spotsylvania, Spotsylvania, uh, Virginia, five-year-old Benjamin Compton fell into a well after lifting up a piece of plywood covering it. The well owner was charged for not having a proper covering. Oh, and by the way, uh, Sissy's sister, Jamie, who had the daycare, uh, she got sued by the city for negligence and, or the county for negligence and had to shut down her daycare. So, oh, well, I mean, you know, don't have an open pipe in your daycare in backyard. Your, in your daycare. Oh my gosh. What's fascinating about all of this is that, um, like there's all these different stories that you're reading off, but then like specifically this one captivated everybody. Like, I, I think it was kind of like the submarine thing where it was like, we have to rescue them because you can imagine being yeah, what it would be like. Yeah. And suffocating and and you're like and and you know this is the time of the the news cycle and they had graphics on the screen showing the diagram of how they were oh digging my God. and people are like ah um I'll just finish up uh, September 18th 1986 Charles Zamanek fell 25 feet down into a well in remote Oregon that was hidden by a bush uh <laughs> a, guy, a, bush. a helicopter took the the victim to an ambulance October 30th, 1986, six-year-old Jason Bennett in Chilcloth, Ohio, fell into a well after tripping and falling on a well cover that buckled under his weight. Uh, December 15th, 1987, a cow fell into a well in <laughs> Rhode Island. What? My poor guy. Um, the, uh, they get the cow out? Oh, let me see. Four cows that escaped from their pen three weeks ago found that the grass on the other side of the fence is not only only not greener it can be fatal oh no oh or just one survived life on the lamb and that beast was back in custody after it fell into a well and had to be rescued sunday the last two of the white faced herefords owned by maplesville ronald vass were captured and destroyed oh no farming is not good for animals July 15th, 1987, Jenny Penn fell into a hole in her backyard in Mount Airy, Maryland, and was rescued by her mailman. <laughs> Neat, cute, rom-com idea. Oh my God. July 26, 1986, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, seven-year-old Adrian Hastley fell into a hole in the riverbed while waiting with his friends, and he unfortunately, he drowned. Uh, June 9th, 1988, 
real life quicksand event kind of in Gainesville, Florida, a student sank into a soft ground, which was caused by a broken hot water pipe and she was scalded. The same thing happened to police officer Helen Sanders exactly seven years prior. I'm going to have to see if that was a Venus retrograde story. Seven uh, years. It's fascinating. Makes me think. Um, October 29th, 1987, football coach Bo Schmebler in <laughs> Michigan fell into a random hole 22 feet deep. That was just there. There's just a hole. It in was the just, there's just a hole. That's fine. <laughs> so those are the stories I found of people falling in holes. Interestingly, they were all gathered around 1986, 1988, around that period when Saturn and Uranus were going over the galactic center. Uh, and that's the astrology of terrible things for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next time. <laughs> yeah. Give us a follow on Instagram. I'm trying to build up our Instagram audience for the astrology of terrible things. So you can find it, the astrology of terrible things, all one word and um, give us a like and subscribe. And I'm going to figure out eventually a really great way to sign sign off this podcast, but join us next time because we're going to have more interesting stories about terrible things. And we're going to try and figure out why they happen. Music for the show is provided by Bruno Loredo. Follow us on Instagram at the astrology of terrible things, all one word. Thank you.